Hello there, everyone, and welcome back. This is the mindfulness for art, the mindfulness with art podcast, and uh, I'm Art, and it's nice to have you here. I'm here to talk about some mindfulness. <laughs> um, you know, again, I really appreciate you all being here, and uh, I'm really, really excited to be sharing a lot of information. Uh, and today, we're going to get into a little bit of, um, you know, go a little deeper into like sort of the practice of mindfulness. And I'm really excited to share some of this with you. Okay, so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk about this acronym that um, that is used with mindfulness. Now, acronyms are hugely popular in the world of mindfulness literature, and, and you're going to hear me talk about a lot of acronyms. Okay, um, and there's a reason, right? The you know acronyms are easy to remember, right? And and when something's easy to remember, it's easy to apply to our lives in a in a situation where we might be you know less than emotionally calm and less than completely in control as we you know in like a total controlled. situation you know, situation and stuff like that. Okay. So, um, so this particular acronym is RAIN, R-A-I-N. Okay. And it's not, it has nothing to do with weather. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's really kind of a, it can kind of serve as a roadmap for what you do in the quest into mindfulness. Right. And so, um, but it's it's kind of just sort of a checklist almost um, for for like handling a given situation with mindfulness, right? With this non-judging moment-to-moment awareness. Okay, so um, a lot of people consider these the transformative principles of mindfulness. Okay, um, so you know maybe you're listening to this podcast right now because you have some experience in mindfulness, but not that much, you know, um, or maybe you're listening because you're curious. And, and interested in starting a mindfulness practice and you have no experience before. Um, in either case, this acronym RAIN will help you to sort of understand, you know, what you're working towards and, and sort of give you a, a sort of helping hand to, to apply mindfulness to a difficult situation, okay? That's sort of the, the goal here. Now, if you're really experienced in mindfulness and you're listening to this, you probably already know about RAIN. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, let's, let's explore what it all means. I'm gonna walk you through uh, each part of RAIN, okay? So RAIN, first of all, stands for recognition, acceptance, investigation, and non-identification. Okay, R, recognition, A, acceptance, I, investigation, and N, non-identification. Okay, so I'm going to walk you through each of these and what we're talking about with, you know, when we apply them to uh, mindfulness, okay? Um, so starting with recognition, and it's important to go in this order because they kind of, you'll see the flow as, as we go. So um, starting with recognition... So basically, recognition is the ability to see what's really going on in a, in a situation, right? So like see things for what they really are, okay? Um, when we practice recognition, we stay clear of two things that can cause us a great deal of emotional trouble, okay? First is delusion. Now, delusion is one of um, three negative mental states from which all negative emotions arise, okay? Now, I'm going to get more into this later uh, along with the other two negative mental states, which are called grasping and aversion, okay? But for now, just understand that delusion is, is sort of this negative mental state which just causes, you know, negative emotions, okay? And um, now, first of all, delusion has, abs- in this context, has nothing to, de- be, to do with being like, 
of unsound mind or, or somehow, you know, insane in any kind of way, okay? Um, it's merely, you know, the, the uh, sort of idea of assuming that we know something about a given situation, right? Now, now a lot of times, of course, you will know a lot about a given situation, but, but delusion is, um, is something that creeps into like, you know, like kind of tell yourself, you know, our, our, our brain, our mind has a, has a tricky way of, of kind of like, you know, acting in this delusional kind of way to tell us like, oh, you know this already, so you don't have to like, you know, spend time, you know, thinking about this. And, and that's where we get into danger. And so that's the idea of recognition is to stay away from this delusion, right? So, so to practice recognition, again, is to see an experience as it really is, right? Knowing that we might not understand everything fully and that, you know, essentially that we don't know what we don't know about something. Okay. And, uh, it's not nearly as easy as it sounds and that's why it takes practice. Right. And, uh, and as I've discussed in this podcast before, you know, practice is a huge, huge part of what we're doing here with mindfulness. Like it's not just enough to just sort of think about mindfulness and to understand mindfulness. It needs to be practiced. And that's why rain is so important because to practice recognition means to, to challenge the diversion, right? Or the delusion, I'm sorry. And, uh, and so, and when we, when we practice challenging delusion, then we move into sort of this mental habit of always, uh, challenging delusion. And therefore we increase our level of understanding, right? Um, so one of the aspects of delusion is denial, Okay, and that's the other thing that this sort of keeps us away from, right? Um, so denial in the sense of like, you know, like a stressed out business executive, right, who denies that their lifestyle is unhealthy, right, because they're too attached to the goals and the monetary rewards of their job. Now, I use that example because that's where I come from. I was once a really stressed out business executive and I was, you know, a hundred pounds overweight. I was, um, you know, coping with my stress by eating too much, by drinking too much, by smoking cigarettes too much, and by, you know, engaging in both, uh, prescription and non-prescription medications too much. And, um, and I denied it, you know, I, I denied that all this was a problem. I just, I just sort of like, you know, I'm not worried about that stuff because I'm worried about my job because my job is the thing that's going to get me the, the big house and the nice car and the, and the fancy clothes and all that kind of stuff. So, so all that other stuff is not important right now, you know? And so that's a level of denial, right? And, and, 10 times out of 10, that kind of denial is going to wind up ultimately causing you problems sooner or later. You know, for me, unfortunately, it was a little later and there was a lot of damage done, you know, and, and that's kind of one of the things that I'm trying to do here is to let people know that it's okay to, to, you know, to understand this and to, and to, and to like really look at this because again, once you can release that denial you can then address certain things that maybe, you know, maybe there's a way to find a happy medium, right? Like maybe you don't have to burn out of a job and, and become like really unhealthy. You know, you can save the situation by understanding it better, right? And so that's where recognition kind of comes 
comes from, okay? Um, so, you know, and, and again, it's like kind of like seeing the good and the bad of a situation, right? And, and in order to do this properly, it requires a non-judging attitude, right? Which I've mentioned is, is a key aspect of mindfulness. In fact, it's definitely like probably the most, and maybe not definitely, but, but almost for almost everyone, it would be the most important part of mindfulness is the idea of non-judging. Okay, because because if you're judging, you're not going to be able to challenge your denials or your delusions and you're not going to be fully able to recognize something because you're, you know, you're you're judging things as bad. And once you judge things as bad or good, you know, you're going to, you know, they, they fall into these little categories in our minds, which prevent us from really seeing them for how they really are, which then prevents us from actually changing them. Okay, so that brings me to the A in RAIN. And the A in RAIN stands for acceptance. Okay, now I want to be very, very clear about something. Okay, a lot of times when, uh, you know, you get into like the woo woo aspect of this stuff with like Buddhism and stuff like that, some people have this, you know, this sort of impression that, you know, that we're supposed to just accept things the way they are and, and everything's fine and, and the world will keep going and, and all that. And that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about right now. Okay. Um, in fact, it's the opposite of that. Okay. Because, you know, when, when we can't accept something or, or, or let me say when we do accept something, like when we accept that the way something is right now, right? Like even if I don't like it, if I accept it, then I can change it. If I don't accept it, if I'm constantly trying to trick myself into, into saying that, you know, that somehow, you know, it's, it's not that bad. Like, like my, you know, my eating disorder was not that bad, right? Like lots of guys my age are overweight. You know, it's, it's, it's part of my age. It's part of the job. It's part of this. It's like, you know, then you're, you're, you're in this place where you're not going to be able to change it because you're not accepting it. Okay, so that's the idea of accepting. It's not to to sort of, you know, surrender to anything or to just sort of like roll over and say, there's nothing I can do to fix this. It's, it's really about saying, I'm going to honestly accept this right now. And, and in that acceptance, I have the power then to change it with intention. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so the idea is that, you know, the reason why, you know, R, you know, A comes right after R is, uh, yeah, A comes right after R is that, you know, um, when we recognize something, you know, that we don't necessarily love, we can, we can kind of fall into aversion, right? And, and that's one of those other uh, negative mental states that I'm going to get into in another um, episode in a few days. But, but when we have an aversion to something, then it's virtually impossible to effectively change something, kind of what I was just saying, um, because we're not actually sure of what we're even changing, right? So, so it's only by accepting the reality of an experience can we honestly and fully understand it and then work to improve it if necessary, right? Now, once again, non-judging comes into play here too, right? Because if we're constantly judging the situ- you know, the aspects of every experience that we have, then we're not going to be able to really accept something. We're going to be, always be in some level of aversion to them and therefore we're not going to be able to change them. 
and therefore we are not in control. If you remember my story, you know, about like riding the horse, right? Like, like if, you know, where the, the guy riding the horse down the road, another guy says, hey, where are you going? The guy says, I don't know, ask the horse, you know? So like, like if you want to just constantly, you know, for the rest of your life, be led by this horse of your emotions, wherever it wants to lead you, then sure, <laughs> engage in aversion all day, but that's what's going to happen. And so the only way to control that horse and to make it go where you want it to go is to get free of aversion, which means to accept. Okay. I hope that makes sense because that's a little bit tricky. Um, now the I in rain, uh, stands for investigation. Okay. Now, um, you know, again, as the progression goes, right, when we recognize and then accept a situation or experience, right, we have to then understand it fully, right? And investigation is the way that we do that. So, I was kind of thinking about this. It's almost like like fixing a car, right? So like, you know, like first you have to recognize that there are, you know, many different areas of a car, right? Like, you know, like, you, you know, it's more than just the engine, right? There's also the, the exhaust system. There's the, uh, the, the electric system. There's the, the um, you know, powertrain. There's the, you know, the tires. There's all kinds of things that can go on in a car, right? So first you recognize <laughs> that there's all these different things that could be going wrong. Then you accept that it might not be the thing that you think it is, but it could be something completely different. And then you have to fully investigate. So that's when you have to really look at the different areas that could be causing the problem and see which one is, is right, okay? So, so when we're talking about our emotions, right, and, and like, you know, a personal experience, you know, the, uh, the ways to investigate or the things to investigate, according to mindfulness, right, like it's sort of the... Um, they call them the, uh, the foundations or the four pillars of mindfulness, if you will. Um, and that, that is that you're going to want to investigate what's going on in our body, in our feelings, in our mind, and in what something the Buddhists call the Dharma. Okay, now don't get, don't get worried. <laughs> you know, I'm not, gonna, not trying to turn you into Buddhists. I don't practice Buddhism myself. Uh, but Dharma is just basically a fancy way of saying, um, you know, basically the elements of an experience, right? So like, for instance, like is, you know, is the thing that you're experiencing, is it changing or is it fixed? Is it, you know, is it under my control or is it not under my control? You know, is it something that I have sort of constructed, self-constructed, or, or, is it, or is it really something being put on me from the outside somehow, right? Uh, and then further, am I, am I clinging to some aspect of it? Am I pushing away and resisting some aspect about it? Or am I just kind of letting it happen? You know, and these are the ways to investigate the sort of changing aspects or the, or the multifaceted aspects of every experience that we can have, okay? Um... So when we investigate, and that's, that's investigating the Dharma, okay? Uh, you know, just, it's just a, a simple word to sort of represent a lot of that stuff. But, um, but the, the other ones, the body, uh, feelings, and mind. So, so when we investigate our body, right, we, we try to see if there's any, you know, ten, you know tension or, or any other sensations that we're experiencing as a result of a given experience, right? So sometimes it's heat or, or maybe like a vibrational 
thing that we feel oh, I'm getting all like worked up, you know, um, and and we can, you know, what we try to do is we investigate these these feelings to, uh, you know, the, these feelings in our body, sensations really, uh, to see if if we're resisting them or holding them in a non-judging awareness, which is mindfulness, right? So, so for instance, um, in the story that I told, you know, back when I was this guy they used to call Angry Art, <laughs> the barista who worked for me called me that, um, you know, when I, whenever I get angry or get like sort of feel that anger rising in me, which thankfully I don't feel it very often anymore because of mindfulness, I have to thank. Uh, but, but anytime I do feel an anger rising in me, it almost always uh, manifests in, the, in my ears, <laughs> okay? And I, I remember there was girlfriends I had in the past and, and friends I've had in the past who, who tell me that, you know, like anytime I'm angry, my ears get really red. That's <laughs> like crazy, you know? Um, so, but that's the thing, like I can, you know, I can feel it happening, Right. And so the idea is that like when I start feeling like, um, you know, when I'm in a situation where I feel like I'm getting emotionally triggered somehow. Right. Like I can, you know, investigate this part of my body and see like, oh, wow, I'm feeling this this uh, this red heat in my ears. So now I know that I'm feeling some kind of anger. Right. And now I can sort of go further. Now I can investigate my feelings. Right. Which is. um you know, basically, um, you know, what, what is it that I'm feeling in this given, you know, situation? Am I feeling, you know, is it, I'm feeling jealousy? Am I feeling frustration? Like what is the feelings that are sort of, you know, leading to this anger that I'm feeling in my body? Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, so, so the idea is though, that once you can really investigate these things, they start losing their power over you. And that's the most beautiful thing. And that's, that's really the most helpful thing about this investigation that we do. Right. And then I have to investigate my mind. Right. So, so that's where you look at, you know, whatever thoughts or judgments or stories and beliefs you might be holding around the given, you know, experience. So, so like what's making me feel, you know, this angry, is there, is there some sort of story that's, that's sort of, uh, you know, triggering a jealousy in me? Is there some sort of, um, you know, expectation that I have that's causing me a frustration because it's not being met, you know? And, and now I have to examine this. I have to investigate this to see like, what is it? And, and once I can investigate it, just like investigating a car, you know, I can see like, oh, it's just this, this one thing. Like if I just get a, another exhaust pipe, everything will be fixed, you know, that sort of thing, right? Um, you know, I'm not really a mechanic, so not sure why I chose a car uh, thing, but it just made sense to me. <laughs> um, so, but again, when I can investigate these, these thoughts and, and stories that I'm telling myself, I can then take a step back from it and I can I can now be separated from it and therefore I'm not subject to its power as much okay because again the bottom line of all this stuff folks is to help you to improve your life and to not be taken hostage and, and just led by your emotions wherever your emotions want to lead you because when we do that we really get into this place of like you know being out of control and and usually 
great things don't happen when we're out of control. So, so there's always a very, you know, this is not philosophical stuff. This is very much uh, geared and, and intended to help you in your actual life, okay, with actual experiences, okay? So, so again, I just said that, like, when I, um, when I can investigate these thoughts and these, these feelings that I, or these um, uh, thoughts and, and stories and stuff that I'm telling myself about this given situation, I can then separate myself from them. Okay, now that brings me, a great little segue, <laughs> to the N of uh, RAIN, okay? And the N stands for non-identification, okay? And that's what I'm talking about. Like if I can, if I can separate myself from these thoughts and, and, uh, and stories and expectations and whatnot, I am no longer identifying with them, okay? So the idea of practicing non-identification is, is to practice the release of a given experience as something that's happening to me or is somehow mine to own, okay? So, you know, when we do this, we can see how identification to something, right? To, to say like, this is, this is me, this is, you know, who, you know, this is what I am all about. That's where anxiety and dependence, you know, kind of keeps us clinging to those things. Okay. And, and so the idea is to, to really inquire to the truth of our identification with a difficult experience, right? So for instance, like I was just saying, like, let's say I feel myself getting angry. Now I investigate, like, what's this angry coming from? Like, you know, is it jealousy? So like, okay, now what's causing me jealousy? Now, you know, most of the time it's going to be that I'm identifying with something. So as soon as I can look at that identification of something and, and like attachment to it, just looking at it, automatically releases it to a degree and, and makes things better and then lets us really apply the rest of the rain and, and really, you know, recognize, accept, investigate, and um, uh, non-identify with, okay? So that's sort of the, the process. I hope that makes sense. So, um, so again, you know, when we, when we're, when we're trying to invest, you know, when we're trying to practice this non-identification, right? You know, it's almost like asking, you know, is this who I really am, right? And, and, and when you ask that question with non-judgment and with real awareness, we can, you know, we can then sort of see if it's because of some sort of outside forces, right? For instance, like when we all have roles that we play in life, right? Like we all have roles where fathers or, or, or mothers or husbands or wives and, you know, we're, we're, or we're children or we're, you know, we're, we're students or we're teachers or we're, you know, like when we're in a work situation, you know, there's a certain role that you play inside your work situation, right? But, but that's not necessarily who you really are. Okay, and so the idea is to like, when you're practicing non-identification, the idea is to step back a little bit and be like, well, hold on, that might be just the, the, the sort of, um, you know, like what I'm expected to be, right? I including myself expecting myself to be this, but it's not who I really am. And when you can make that determination, you can then distance your identification to something. And then once you do that, again, you're no longer in the grips of it. And then you can start to like, you know, do things that are going to make your life in this moment a little bit better and the, and the lives of those around you. 
right? Because our emotions, you know, have a real tendency to affect those around us as well, right? So, so you know, again, once we question our identification to a given experience, you know, and the causes of that identification, the grip automatically loosens, okay? And in this way, you know, and again, this is where mindfulness is really an applicable thing to our life, right? So, so non-judging moment-to-moment awareness can become a refuge for us, right? It, it can become a place where we can like, you know, we can go to safety and, and really, you know, then be allowed to, you know, to handle difficult situations without being hijacked by them. And, and that's the whole point, you know, again, folks, this is not, you know, sort of like just this, oh, I know all this stuff because I'm, you know, I've studied it and stuff. It's, it's about, you know, when, when you're in a situation where you're about to blow your top at somebody and, and maybe do something that you cannot just take back, right? Something's going to stay with you for a long time and might have real serious effects on, on your, you know, your position at work, which is, you know, your ability to earn money to, to support your lifestyle, you know? So, so like, you know, w- Mindfulness can become this place, this this refuge where you can settle into and, and keep yourself from from doing something that's going to have irreparable or damaging harm on your life. Okay, and that's why I I named my program Your Life Reclaimed because mindfulness allows you to reclaim your life as yours and not just to, you know, to just sort of be subject to the fickleness of, of the experience as a human, which can, you know, be, be influenced by so many other things, including our own mind. So uh, <laughs> I hope that all makes sense, folks. I know it's like, uh, it, it gets a little deep with some of this stuff, and, um, and it's kind of hard to just throw it out there in a, you know, 20-minute uh, little chat like this, but... Um, you know, uh, again, I've put my email out here on a few of these uh, these episodes, and I'll do it once again. Uh, Artburnsmiles at gmail.com or uh, yourlifereclaimed.com. You know, get a hold of me. If you want to talk about some of this stuff, if something I said wasn't real clear and you want to know a little bit more about it, you know, get in touch with me. I'm, I'm happy to talk to you, okay? Because, again, this is really, really important to me, um, you know, I, I talk a lot of this uh, from a place of real experience um, in which, you know, I was once, you know, I would be very easily hijacked by my emotions and, and you know, and I would do and say things that then had ripple effects on the real aspects of my life, such as the ability to earn money for myself and the ability to live the life that I wanted to live. And so, so I'm trying to save all of you that trouble. So, um, so if you do have any questions or even some comments or whatever, I really encourage you to reach out. Okay. Artburnsmiles at gmail.com. Don't be shy. I'm real friendly. (laughs) Um, so I thank you very much. And, uh, so tomorrow I'm going to get into another acronym called SBNRR. And this is another one that you can use in any situation in which you're feeling like you're about to like, you know, lose your crap (laughs) and blow your lid. And it's a way, it's like a safety, you know, like an emergency safety switch that's going to be something that you can have for the rest of your life that's going to help you in so many situations. It's going to help protect yourself and help you thrive in this life instead of merely surviving this life. Okay, folks. Um, So once again, thank you very, very much for for tuning tuning in and uh and i can't wait to do the the podcast tomorrow and uh until then my friends i wish you well bye bye